Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Sunset Flips and Super Kicks podcast. We're here for another episode. A little bit to talk about today, but don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, there's some other places where this is available that I'm not aware of, um, an anchor as well. Don't forget to follow on Instagram at sunsetflips underscore superkicks underscore podcast. I think it is very active the last couple of days. Um, the beers are flowing here today in Fuckville. I'm ready to do some some, another, some talking, I guess, um, on wrestling. A couple of pay-per-views the last couple of days. Impact Slammiversary, the horror show at Extreme Rules. The horror show. I mean, was it a horror show? Fuck. Fuck if I know. What is a horror show? I don't know. A um, couple of other things as well. Not too much today in my trusty bucket. If you recall last episode probably last week, who knows, these things just come out randomly, it's the way, the way things should be done, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to plan anything, you plan something, you're going to get fucked, there's a life lesson for you, write that down, don't plan anything, because when you plan shit, you're going to get fucked, anyway, so last episode, I went through some of my favourite wrestlers of all time, I think I got up to 10, thought I did pretty good there, um, I definitely had my five set, and then so I just went back in my head and thought, you know, who else could I add to that list? This week, though, I'm going to talk about who I think the five greatest wrestlers of all time are. And on top of that, I'll do my Mount Rushmore um, for wrestling in general when I think wrestling. Who are the four that I think of? So I'll kick it off with the GOATs. Five, four, three, two, one. Um, this is my personal five and I can honestly say it's changed that many times in the last five or six months so this is where I'm at right now I've also got a bracket prepared 64 wrestlers um, hopefully getting some help from my cousins you may remember them if you listen to circles on blunt pencils we're gonna go just, you know, knockout rounds, round of 64, 32, blah, blah, blah. Try to determine who is the SFSK pod greatest of all time. Don't forget to use that as a hashtag. I know I have been. All right, so let's get into it. I'll go number five, greatest of all time. For me, I've got to go Chris Jericho. I think he's just, he's entering his 30th year. He's won championships everywhere he's been. Um, I think his work in the ring is just as good as it is today, as it was 10, 15, even 20 years ago. I think he's approaching 50. And look, he's physically, you wouldn't say he's physically never looked better, but in the ring, he's still just amazing. Still can do it all. Um, and in my personal opinion, um, there is a reason why AEW is as legit as it is. It's because of La Champion, um, the Demo God. Demo God, he is now the Demo God. Uh, number four, I've got The Undertaker. Uh, he's the best, he's obviously, hands down, the best big man in the history of all of wrestling. Um, 
you know, the way he was able to change the concept of his character to keep with the times, I guess. Um, but, like, still just never lose touch. Like, when, whether he was the dead man, um, you know, the leader of the Ministry of Darkness, the American badass, doesn't matter because everyone just knew him as the Undertaker and it always seemed to work. You know, and, like, he could just, he could do everything as well. Like, even just, like, the way he moved around the ring, the way he controlled his matches, the, even, like, the... Not that he did a lot of it, but, like, the high-flying stuff as well. So, Undertaker's definitely up there for me. Number three. See, number two and three are very tricky for me. Um, they're always just... It's always hard to pick between these two. For me, they've now dropped down to two and three. Um, I'll, I'll go Ric Flair at number three. Dirtiest player in the game, the nature boy. Um, Flair had it all. Like, no matter what, you know, in the ring... He could just, he could fucking work in the ring, no matter what. It could make anyone look good. I mean, he made Eric Bischoff look good. You know, he could talk. He had the charisma. He basically had the character. He had the perfect character. He was the total package. In the nature boy. I mean, come on. It's Ric Flair. Number two, I've got Shawn Michaels. Um, I think he's the greatest in-ring performer of all time. Well, I did. It's up for debate now. I'm not too sure. Definitely back in the day. Um, even on the mic, you know, he was good on the mic, especially in the late 90s when he was a heel working with DX. <coughs> um, you're definitely hooked to what he was saying. When he came back in 2002, you know, he cleaned up his act and, you know, changed changed his life around. Um, you know, he still, he still made everything work. You know, he... He changed wrestling for the generation after him with all the high flying and stuff. Um, I definitely feel, you know, he, the guys coming up sort of, you know, late 90s, 2000s and that would always look up to Shawn Michaels. He was their guy as Ric Flair was that guy for guys like Shawn Michaels. And, you know, he broke his back and came back four years later and didn't lose a step and carried on for another eight years. So that's why he's up there for me. And number one, I'm a believer in this now. This man has climbed up, as Jaden would say. Hello, Jaden. Thank you for listening. Power rankings, he likes to call his lists. Um, for me, greatest wrestler of all time. They're saying it today, you know, in, in wrestling on Randy Orton. I mean, he's that... Randy Orton is that good that... Like, many people believe they do not know how good... Like, he does not know how good he actually is. Like, it's just... Everything just comes, like, naturally to him. It's just... It's so easy for him and... The stuff that he does in the ring. And, like... You, you look at wrestling today, it's all about, you know, the high fly and the high spots, you know. Like, just get everything in and just speed up the match. Randy Orton just controls a match. Like, slows down the pace, like, perfectly. And just works works his style and he can also work the style of who he's wrestling and it's still he's just got that perfect combination you know I think right now we are witnessing the best version of Randy Orton I think he's in the prime of his career he's been at it for what 18 years he's been at the top of WWE at least the last 10 obviously there was him and Cena coming up I think the only reason, in my opinion, that Cena has more 
gets more recognition, more title reigns, is because he was more mature coming up 2006, 7, 8, 9 and all that. He was more mature than Randy Orton. But you look at Orton now, you know, I think I think Orton is the GOAT. So there's my, um, that's my GOAT right there, Randy Orton. Randall Berry, Mr. Mr. RKO out of nowhere. And he's brought back the punt kick as well. How good's that? How good's that? So there's me, uh, there's me five. There's me five goats. I go to me Mount Rushmore now. This is, this is different. This, I don't think of, when I say my Mount Rushmore of wrestling, this is just wrestling in general. So I've got four. So before I say it, I'll just quickly clarify that for me, there's a difference between greatest superstar and greatest wrestler. So I just did my greatest wrestler. Now here, a bit different. I'll start off my Mount Rushmore, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the greatest superstar in the history, in the history of wrestling. Um, why I wouldn't put him top five greatest wrestlers of all time, I think for me, and he's my favorite, so I'm not, I'm never going to talk shit about Austin. Um, he was, he wasn't at the top for very long. I mean, a lot of injuries held him back and I guess politics, you know, if you want to, if you want to play that card, but you know, he was rising to the top at the end of 97, took over in 98, went to the stratosphere and never came back down. Like he was just, he was that red hot. There's been no one hotter with reactions with the crowd in in the history of wrestling than Stone Cold Steve Austin, 1998, especially with that rivalry with Vince McMahon. Same as 99, I don't think it was quite to the heights of 98, but still right at the top. And then he missed 2000, came back, to, came back in 2001, was sort of at the top and then it sort of just kept like dangling a bit because he was injured again and then was just doing all that goofy shit with Vince and Kurt, which just made it even better because you just got to see everything of Austin and then sort of 2002 nothing against Scott Hall but he worked the wrong member of the NWO at Wrestlemania should have been Hogan should have been Austin Hogan not Rock and Hogan but Hogan's a little bitch didn't want to lose to Austin and yeah so there's no way but you know fuck fuck yeah what do you do and then 2003 was all over and Number two on my Mount Rushmore would be that little bitch I was just talking about, Hulk Hogan, just because there was no one bigger than Hulkamania in the 80s. You know, the 80s was definitely revolved around um, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. But I think Hogan had more exposure just because he was a larger-than-life character and he worked for Vince McMahon. He worked in the WWF. Whereas... Ric Flair was, you know, working NWA and all that, and I don't think it had quite as much exposure as the as the WWF did. So, and I'm not, I don't like Hogan. Like I, I'm open about that. I just, I don't like him. But you know, a lot of people were just attracted to Hulkamania, and he, you know, he made wrestling what it was back then. So, you know, you got to give, got to give credit where credit's due. Number three on my list. Mount Rushmore wrestling Eric Bischoff. You're probably thinking that's that's fucking weird. That's a weird thing to say. Eric Bischoff took over WCW in '95, and basically just went the opposite to what the WWF was doing. 
you know, tape TV, well, Bischoff's going to go live. You know, they're, um, you know, I guess character gimmick base, he's going to go reality. You know, Sasa was his, uh, was like his plan on how to do things, you know, and he just created like a fucking, I don't even know how to describe it, like a monster in WCW. He took a company that was losing money by the millions to profiting like over 300 million in like 96, 97. And like there was no hotter wrestling product than there was in like late 96 and especially 1997. And anyone that can take it to Vince McMahon and the WWF, especially at that time, and just dominate the ratings, the real ratings war, not this little one that you've got going on right now between AEW and NXT when they're fighting to get one million viewers. You know, these guys were fucking beating the beating Monday Night Raw by like two, three million viewers like on a weekly basis. And that all got changed due to my number one on the Mount Rushmore, Stone Cold Steve Austin, so. And rounding out my Mount Rushmore, the god of professional wrestling. There would be no professional wrestling without him, Vince McMahon. Um, like I said, the man is a god. He's brought us this wonderful product for so many years now, and people just need to stop their bitching about Vince McMahon. Think about what he's done what he's brought you like just honestly shut the fuck up like if you don't like it don't watch it stop crying about it stop fucking saying Vince needs to go he's too old he's lost his way you know you honestly don't know what you're talking about I said that once as a joke just like oh fuck Vince has lost it you know Triple H needs to take over and people took the bait and then started running with it like oh yeah no, no, Vince needs to Vince needs to go Clearly, you don't know what you're talking about. You can't come up with your own shit. Okay? Vince did what Bischoff was doing in WCW, except he did it better. Like, it's just... It is right there. It's... Who's still standing? Like, who who's still the powerhouse in professional wrestling? Is WWE. You can fucking look at all the bullshit, like, oh, the ratings are down. That really don't mean shit. You're still watching it. You're still talking about it. That's because of Vince McMahon. Who cares if he's fucking set in his ways? Doesn't matter. Think about what he did in the 90s. Think about what he did in the 80s when he bought every territory, created WrestleMania and just made fucking professional wrestling global. Took it international. So, yeah. Everyone just shut the fuck up. Admire Vince for being the god that he is. Because I certainly do. So there's me Mount, there's the uh there's the Mount Rushmore of Sunset Flips and Super Kicks. Alright, now we'll talk about the two pay-per-views that just recently happened. I'll also talk about a bit of Raw, because that was on today. I'd actually watch Raw. Um I won't talk about Fight for the Fallen from AEW this episode. I'll save that for the next episode just so I definitely have something planned to talk about. <clears throat> By the way, I went four for four of my predictions there if you Keep up on Instagram with my predictions. Let's go to Slammiversary. I was actually very excited um, to get Slammiversary and, and watch it. It's the first first impact that I've watched since... Oh, I can't remember the, the last pay-per-view that they had where um, Tessa won the title. 
I'm not even going to bother looking for it. But that was the last. Uh, that was the last impact that I watched. So, you know, the all the talk was about you know who's going to show up at impact because of you know three months ago. Um, I'll talk about that a bit later on. What I think of that anyway. So the first match, the Rascals um, <clears throat> had a open challenge. It was Wentz and Dez. They were going to host an open challenge and everyone, myself included, thought it was the Good Brothers, thinking it was going to be a surprise, not knowing that at midnight that day that they were going to announce that they had officially signed with Impact. So that sort of ruined the, the surprise aspect of that. So you're sort of thinking, well, who's going to accept the Rascals now? Because you think if the Good Brothers come, the Good Brothers. Um, it ended up being the Motor City Machine Guns, which was just fucking awesome. Like, I thought that was that was great. That was definitely my favourite part of Slammiversary. That was my favourite part, seeing the Motor City Machine Guns. I've been fans of them since I started watching TNA, like at least 10 years ago. You know, and they're, and they're still around now. So it was great to see them come back. Uh, they ended up winning, so winning return. Alex Shelley, I'm pretty sure, was in NXT earlier this year. I think he teamed with Kushida or something in the Dusty Classic. I actually didn't even really know that he was a part of NXT. Um, I'm glad he's not. I'm glad he's back at Impact. Hopefully, it's they're, they're here to stay, the Motor City Machine Gun, so... That was awesome to see them. Uh, Moose successfully defended his TNA World Heavyweight Championship against Tommy Dreamer. TNA World Heavyweight Championship is not actually a title in Impact. Hence the name has still got TNA. Um, but he's crowned himself the champion for some reason. Probably because they had no champion. Tessa was stuck in Mexico and never came back and you know, she's gone. So fuck, who knows? But yeah, he defended against Tommy Dreamer in an old school rules match, which is basically a no disqualification match. So another thing for Jaden to um to bitch about there with his no DQ, extreme rules, no holds barred. Now you got old school rules as well, Jaden, to uh to crap on about. By the way, this is the only match that I successfully predicted. So it was um yeah, it was a rough day. I think it was one for seven on this. Kylie Ray. Won the gauntlet for gold match to determine the number one contender for the Impact's Knockout Championship. She last eliminated Ty Valkyrie, which is a bit of an interesting um, concept this match. So it was sort of like a gauntlet, like Battle Royal, Royal Rumble, I guess. So you start off with two, and I think two minutes, someone else came down. Ended up being Johnny Bravo twice. He came out dressed as Ty Valkyrie, then came out again dressed as Rosemary, which is pretty funny. Um, and then every minute after that, someone would come out and then elimination would happen when you get thrown over the top rope until you're down to the final two. Then it turned into a wrestling match. So that was, I don't know, something interesting, something different, which is good. Impact always, even like when they're TNA, they're always good at doing something different, mixing it up a bit. Chris Bay defeated Willie Mack to become the new uh, X Division champion. Not really much to say on this match, other than I thought it was a pretty good match. I, I enjoyed it, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's probably probably up there, probably the best match for me, this one. Uh, the North defeated the 
unlikely team of Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan to retain the Impact Tag Team Championships. A lot of, you know, Shamrock and Callahan, will they, will they get along? And towards the end, they sort of didn't. And one sort of fucked over the other one somehow. I forget exactly what happened, but the North picked up the win. And then um, afterwards, you know, got on the mic and said they're the best team in Impact and best team in the world, blah, blah, blah. And this is where I thought the Good Brothers were going to come out. Uh, but it turns out the Motor City Machine Guns would come out and say, well, you can't call yourself the best team in Impact history without, you know, facing us. So uh, Impact this week, tomorrow as I'm recording this, so probably when you're listening to this, it's already happened, but Motor City Machine Guns versus the North for the Impact Tag Team Championships. So I think the North will cheat their way to a victory here and hopefully a bit further down the way, Motor City Machine Guns can get another tag team title run, which I think they've only had one... They've only been tag team champions in TNA, Impact, whatever, just once. Yeah, only one time they've been tag team champions in Impact, so... You would have thought they would have had more. So there's some uh, there's some knowledge for you. Um, I hope I say this right. Diona Perazzo. She got she left NXT a while back and just showed up at Impact. She's a new Impact Knockouts champion. She defeated Jordan Grace by submission. It was like an octopus stretch sort of thing, and Jordan Grace just had to scream, "I give up," because she couldn't she physically couldn't tap. Because both her arms were like basically behind her head. So that's another good match. Um, so Kylie Ray versus Peruzzo, Perazzo down the line. So she's one to watch. Good good stuff NXT letting her go. Actually good stuff WWE letting a lot of these people go. <clears throat> uh, the main event. So five-way elimination match for the vacant Impact World Championship. Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, Trey against a mystery opponent. Um, I can't remember who it was originally supposed to be. I know um, I know Tessa was supposed to defend the title there and her contract had ran out, so they just wanted to show up and, and lose the belt. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure if there was someone else meant to be in the match, but they ended up making that, you know, three confirmed and then a mystery one who would turn up and again, the whole world, like myself, thought it was going to be EC3. Turns out it was Rich Swan coming out as a fourth band, and I was actually in a, I was actually a part of a chat. I was in a chat. Well, I wasn't taking part in it. I was just on fight. You know, they have the chat when it's on, and I was looking, and a lot of people were just blowing up, going, "Fuck!" You know, I paid X amount of dollars for this. You know, what a rip off. Blah blah blah. But then Eric Young came out and it ended up being a five-way match. So Eric Young from NXT, WWE, whatever, got released. He turned up. He didn't win. Um, let's just get that out of the way. He, he didn't win. Um, Eddie Edwards ended up winning. My original pick was EC3. Um, but if EC3 wasn't part of the match, um, I was going to go Ace Austin. Didn't, didn't work out for me there. So it's Eddie Edwards. And then after the match, uh, Madman Fulton and Ace Austin were beating down Eric Young. And then out came the Good Brothers. So they, they turned up. They turned up right at the end. 
and sort of teased like they were going to break down Eddie Edwards with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. And then they took them out and then you know, had a couple of cold ones in the ring. And then after that, they go to the screen and there's AC3. Sip it on his glass of scotch and then just throws it against the wall and that was it. So it was a good ending. Like there was there was a mad ending. Like fuck and Eric Young I think Eric Young did more in this match than he did his entire career in WWE and NXT. So he never should have left. So it's good to see that he went back to impact. Um same as EC three. I think another one he should have just stayed. Because like, honestly, what, what did he do? Like what did he do? in NXT and WWE. I, honestly, I don't think he did much. So, uh, but overall, it's a good show. Great ending. So good to see the Good Brothers there as well. You know, the rumours are true, as they said on their Talk and Shop podcast, which I listened to. Talk, talk and Shop and Mania is coming up as well. Can't wait for that. Um, EC3 as well. Eric Young. Um, Heath. Heath Slater as well, just randomly showed up, cut a promo, I forgot to mention that, he's just known as Heath now, still wearing his free agent shirt, so he just turned up, cut a promo, and then later on, he's out the back, and sort of reunited with Rhino, and then Scott Demore kicked him out, because he's like, it's for talent only, like, you don't work here, like, get out, so, you know, are they, we're going to see Heath and Rhino once again, I mean, he's got kids, so... I mean, I wonder how many kids he'll have in TNA or Impact. So, um, but yeah, no, good, good show. This could get me back into watching Impact on a regular basis as well. So, yeah, things are, things are looking up for them. Um, I'll talk about that after. All right, let's go to um, the the horror show. What a name, the horror show at Extreme Rules. Fuck me, what will they think of next? Oh, there we go. Then, oh, the negative thoughts are coming. Don't be so negative. Oh, fucking negative thoughts. Take your negative thoughts towards wrestling and shove them up your ass. All right, so we've got Kevin Owens defeating Murphy on the pre-show. Um, pretty straightforward. Just just an obvious one there. Um, first match, tables match. Very excited, my man. Big Tony, Swiss Tony, Cesaro. And he's matching Shinsuke Nakamura. Defeated the New Day in a tables match to win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, fuck. Great match. Great match to start off with. Um, New Day set up table on top of another table on the outside. Turned out it was going to bite them in the ass. Um, Cesaro powerbombing Kofi Kingston off the top turnbuckle through these two tables on the floor to win. Fucking great stuff. Then they went and gave it to Michael Cole. Corey Graves just sat there like the fucking mute that he should be and didn't say a word because he needs to shut the fuck up. So as Cesaro said, actions speak louder than words. Boom! If only it was with Sheamus and it was the bar. But, yeah, he's still a champion, so I'm happy. I'm happy. Hashtag push Cesaro. Let's bring it back. You know, and Shinsuke. Shinsuke as well. Nice to see good things happening for Shinsuke. Third Extreme Rules as well. He's won a title. Third Extreme Rules in a row. 2018, I believe he won the United States Championship at Extreme Rules. 2019 was when he won the Intercontinental Championship. 2020, SmackDown Tag Team Championship. So, 
2021, who knows? Is there a world title for Shinsuke coming up? Who knows? Stats don't lie. Um, next match, the GOAT, Bailey. Bailey Dose Straps uh, defeated Nikki Cross. Like, come on, really? We all knew this was going to happen to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, Bailey should be, honestly, should, should be on like day 426 or something. But, you know, obviously Charlotte had to hold the belt for four days. Um, she's not around anymore, so that's good. I could, I could get used to that. Um, but, yeah, Bailey should be on like a 400-plus day reign. But, you know, 280 or whatever she's on, so I'm not complaining. She's still the GOAT. Um, she's still SmackDown Women's Champion, t- Women's Tag Team Champion. She's got the blueprint by her side, the blueprint and the GOAT. I mean, fuck, what more could you want? What more could you want? Um, MVP crowned himself United States champion with the new belt that he made um, after Apollo Crews had to forfeit because he was storyline injured. Apparently he tested positive for coronavirus, so he's got to stay away for a bit. So um, I picked MVP. I don't know if I should classify this as a win or not, Um, but, you know, we'll... Let's let's see what let's see what Wikipedia says first. You know, current champion is Apollo Crews, so I guess that's a void. We'll have to void that. You know, maybe half a point. So that that was a good match, was the best match of the night. No, um, this was a this was an interesting one. The eye for an eye match. Seth Rollins obviously defeated Rey Mysterio. It's the only way this match could have gone. When I heard this was an eye for an eye match, I'm just thinking, this is going to be fucked. Because you have to rip out your opponent's eye, for starters. Um, there was a lot of talks online. All you, all you little marks that like reading rumours and ruining it for everyone said there was going to be CGI in the match. Where was the CGI? Where was the CGI, you dumb fucks? Don't believe everything you read on the fucking internet. All right? this was, it was an actual match. It was an actual match. So I thought it would have been like a backstage match or something, just like a, I don't know, backstage brawl, something like that. You know, you don't really need a referee because you're just going to see an eyeball rolling around on the floor. That's how I thought the match was going to end. Um, it was actually it was actually a really good match. Obviously, they're just targeting each other's eye. Um, so it was sort of the same, you know, Seth Rollins forced Mysterio's head into the corner of the steps. His eye popped out. Not his real eye, of course, come on, it's just like, he had a, there's a photo, a lot of photos surfacing around, it was just like one of those fake eyes, and it's just hanging out and whatnot, and he's trying to hide it, and there was a video, you know, oh, here's what really happened in the match, you know, the referee handed him the eye, it's like, no fucking shit, what, do you think it was his actual eye? Like, don't believe into it. You know, just enjoy it for what it is. Like, it's still like, you know, you're watching a TV show. You know, something like that happens. You go, holy fuck, he lost his eye. Still think the same thing. Because that's what it is. You know, it's like an episodic television storytelling. Try to be positive, people. Try to be positive. Anyway, afterwards, uh, Rollins threw up. That's <laughs> why so he, you know, he 
fucking smashed his head, you know, in the corner of the steps and he's fucking arcing up to him, walking over and then he's just like gone queasy in the stomach, turned around and he starts throwing up. So, you know, then you hear Mysterio like, I need help, I need help. My eyes out and they're constantly giving updates. So, like how they're, they're still doing that, you know, you gotta got to make the people believe. But what happens from here, I don't know. Mysterio completely done with WWE. I don't know, go read your dirt sheets to find that out. You're not going to, you're not going to hear about it here. So even though I said last week, apparently his contract's up. But that's it. I'm, you know, ask, ask Dave Melzer, ask Uncle Dave. He, um, he's got all the facts and stats. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, best match of the night for me was this, the, uh, it says here no contest, but we all know Sasha Banks defeated Oscar to become the new Royal Women's Champion. This was the best match, I think, by far. This was my... You know, number one of the night, which is really interesting for me to say because I'm not a big fan of women's wrestling. But when it comes to the blueprint and the goat, oh, I'll watch it all day long when they're in these characters of themselves. I'm not going to go back and watch them in NXT. I'm, I'm a better now. <clears throat> so um, I don't understand how people think Oscar can just get away with cheating by spraying uh, green mist into her opponent's eyes. I mean, Sasha Banks is just, she's too smart for that. She, you know, ducked, went in the referee's face. Sasha Banks then, you know, got the pin. There's no referee. Well, you know, Bailey being the great role model that she is, got to lead by example. There's no referee coming out. Well, you just got to put on the referee shirt, count one, two, three, boom, new Raw Women's Champion. But apparently Oscar's still the Raw Women's Champion. It's a conspiracy if you ask me. It should be, you know, Banks two belts and Bailey dust straps. So that's just me. Blueprint and the GOAT. Dominating the women's division. Dominating. Enough said. <coughs> Enough said. Um, Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler, although... WWE did post on Instagram that Drew McIntyre was still Universal Champion. That's floating around somewhere. Go look that up. Obviously, McIntyre won. Sort of just a, a filler match here. Poor Ziggler. Like, fucking poor bastard. He's only won one match this year, I saw. You know, obviously, like, you know, he gets a title match as well. Like, where's the, where's the, you know, theory behind that? Or what's the point of that? But maybe just to make... Maybe just to make McIntyre look good. You know, every time they want to make Ziggler lose a match, he's got to go up against someone to make him look good. You know, like against Goldberg, against Mansour, anyone else that he's lost to. I mean, um, Ziggler got to choose the stipulation and he chose it at Extreme Rules, made the announcement and said it was an Extreme Rules match for Dolph Ziggler only, which I thought was brilliant. I thought it was great. And then added to the stipulation, if McIntyre got, you know, um, counted out or disqualified, he would lose them. He would lose the title, um, which was which was great. I mean, you've got to play it to your advantage. Like if you're choosing the stipulation, the only thing I don't get is why wouldn't you just like try to force McIntyre to follow you up the ramp and fight up there, and then get him intentionally counted out? That's the only thing that I didn't really, I didn't really get. Like, even when the referee's doing a 10 count, when they're both on the outside, like, Ziggler's, like, crawling in to the ring. Like, wouldn't you just 
stay on the ground and hold McIntyre's legs. <clears throat> you know, just to make it a bit more interesting. So this this was a good match. I mean, I think Ziggler's incapable of having a bad match. I think he's I think he's that good. I've said, you know, he's this generation Shawn Michaels. It just would be nice if he got treated that way as well. So But that was a good match. Um Ziggler hit a famous uh, um, from the announce table to the floor, which is awesome. Uh, the finish, could see it coming, but still, you know, Ziggler's setting up for the super kick, and then McIntyre nips up and just ran and just cleaned him up with a claymore. Um, absolutely leveled him on that as well. And then, but that was it. I thought maybe he would have fucking given him one more move, but I guess a claymore does it, and that's it. So, yeah. There's that. Uh, and the the main event for this was the Wyatt Swamp Fight. Bray Wyatt defeated Braun Strowman. I'm not going to talk about that here. I'll talk about that on the next episode because I do want to go back and watch it again uh, because watching it for the first time, uh, I just, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was all that. I think just because I didn't really know what was going on. Um, but you know, in saying that, just because I didn't like it and I didn't get it, doesn't mean I'm going to say it's shit. It's because you don't like something, doesn't mean it's shit. It just means you don't like it. Other people may like it, so I'm going to go back and watch it again this week. Talk it about, talk about it next week or whenever the next episode is, um, and hopefully I can make more sense about it. The only thing I will say was, um, is Alexa Bliss sister Abigail? Who knows? All in all, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great show. It was a great pay-per-view. Um, I didn't have a problem with any of the matches. I enjoyed all of them, really. So, which is rare for WWE. I even sat down and watched two women's matches. When do I do that? So, there you go. That's, um, that's what have I got here for my, my topics? Actually, I'll talk about, I'll talk about Raw before I get into anything else. Um, oh yeah, cool. Sorry, setting up. Um, Raw, just got finished watching it, then came on here. All I've got to say for Monday Night Raw is, brilliant, what a show. What a show. They've, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs. I thought it was a great show. Top start to finish. You know, Rollins comes out, basically calling you know the fans the universe hypocrites which is true like this is the version this is what everyone wanted for seth rollins and now like they turn on him like which is true and i mean he saved me so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put that out there he's my savior um then he and alistair black had a match the messiah won of course did you really expect him to lose again no he's on a roll I did notice, but they, uh, him and Murphy were working on the arm of Alistair Black. So maybe SummerSlam, Alistair Black, Seth Rollins, arm for an arm match. Just putting it out there. I don't know. Um, Shelton Benjamin's new 24-7 champion has aligned himself with MVP and Lashley. So, you know, United States champion. Well, you know, wannabe United States champion, 24-7 champion. Maybe send Lashley after the, the uh, WWE title again. That won't happen. We all know where that's going at SummerSlam. 
Orton cutting a promo on Big Show. Orton's promos like backstage are just fucking phenomenal. Just everything to do with Randy Orton these days is phenomenal. Just put that out there. Um, the Blueprint and the Goat came out just to just to gloat and just say how good they are. You know, and every, everyone was hooked. What they're saying, Steph had to ruin that. You know, come on and say Banks versus Oscar to find out who really is the Robins champion. So pretty sure Oscar's still the champion. Shouldn't be, but should be Banks. Should be the blueprint. But we'll see. I don't want them to break up. So that's going to be a sad day for me. I'm just starting to get behind this whole, you know. Well, I was actually getting behind her for a while. Because um, I'm a sucker for a good heel. And Bailey is that. So she's, I mean, you may fucking say what you want to say, but, you know. It's working. It is working. Christian made an appearance. Uh, getting interviewed by Samoa Joe. Christian saying, you know, he's never been the same since Orton punted him and stuff. You know, is there going to be, like, is this to sort of tee up, like, is Christian going to get one more match? Who knows? Like, I mean, everyone thinks they can come out of retirement now because Edge did it or Daniel Bryan did it. Edge's story is better, but because it was nine years. Daniel Bryan was only like two years or three years or something like that. So apparently Corey Graves wants to come out of retirement. From what? Like, what did he do? Just keep sitting behind the fucking desk. Being a wannabe Jay, uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Let Michael Cole do all the work. Michael Cole, Michael Cole is the goat of commentators. So um, what else happened? Uh, Ali came back not only did he come back to Raw he got his first name back as well Mustafa Ali teaming up with uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander they're still around believe it or not why I don't know um, and the non-sanctioned match Randy Orton versus The Big Show was I wasn't scheduled for Extreme Rules sorry the horror show at Extreme Rules but I guess I saw it was moved to Raw for ratings to hope, hopefully boost the ratings. Same with Sheamus and Jeff Hardy in their bar fight. It's on SmackDown for hopefully to like get people watching and get their ratings up. So, I don't know. Um, one thing in the match, although it was for a brief minute or two, uh, Angel Garza and Andrande came out to attack the big show. Um, are they going to align themselves with Randy Orton? I mean, I think it'd be great if Orton got a stable behind him, especially with, I think, Garza and Andrande really the only likely people to go after the tag team titles. Um, unless Austin Theory comes back and then him and Murphy can do it for the greater good for the Monday Night Messiah, my saviour. But it's good, you know, because Orton's going to be WWE champion in about a month's time when he beats McIntyre at SummerSlam. Don't hate me, it's going to happen. And no one would have a problem with it, surely. Um, I mean, they did fuck up with the revival and Orton. That was something that could have worked, you know, FTRKO. It was definitely something that was that was coming up, but they just couldn't capitalise. So hopefully maybe they can get, you know, especially... Gaza and Andrande, the sort of two younger guys, so you know, that could work as like a new evolution 
sort of thing for Orton. Maybe even Legacy, Legacy 2.0. So I'd still like to see Dijakovic in theory, but I wouldn't be disappointed with Garza and Andrade. So there's that. There's that. Everyone get ready. SummerSlam party. Randy Orton, WWE champion. NXT. Talk a little bit about NXT. Um, I watched a bit of it the last week. Just to say my girl Indy Hartwell against Shotzi Blackheart pick up her first victory. The Aussie over there. So I'm going to be... Um, every time she's on, I'm going to be watching. Fan of hers. And obviously you can't... You can't not watch Keith Lee against Dijakovic, can you? I mean, they could have a 10-match series and it'd be, I think it'd be better and better every single time. They opened up a takeover, I want to say Portland, and it was the only good match, in my opinion, on the on the card. So they just had another rip of a match on NXT. I think it was for both titles. Lee was defending both belts because, just remember, Baskin is glory. Keith Lee is the NXT champion and the North American champion so you just hate him because you can't do the things that he can do and because you're a sook and a sore loser so um, I think they should team up Keith Lee and Dijakovic and they can take on Imperium and become the NXT tag team champions just so Keith Lee can have all the gold I think that's only fair I think he, I think he's earned that I think he's earned that right I think he deserves it so and also, William Regal set to make a big announcement this week. So how big? I don't know. I wonder if it's just going to be TakeOver. NXT Performance Center TakeOver. Or PC TakeOver or something like that. So, I don't know. Hopefully it's something good. <laughs> Maybe it's Keith Lee and Dijakovic against Imperium for the Tag Team Championships. Um, another thing I'd like to see, just on Keith Lee, same with... Um, evil in New Japan. They, they won't do this in New Japan. But I'd like to see a throwback to... I think it was SummerSlam to, uh, WrestleMania 2000. And Kurt Angle was Intercontinental and European Champion. And he had to defend both titles. He was double champion. He had to defend both titles in a triple threat match. But it was a 2-4 match. So the first four for the European Championship and the second force for the Intercontinental Championship or it might have been the other way around I'd like to see that like maybe a, even just a one-on-one 2-4 match first four NXT Championship match or North American second four for the NXT Championship or you know make it a three-way or even a four-way just you know something different rather than just have him defend both titles at the same time or have one match and then back up and defend the other title the very next match like just put them in the same match, but maybe make it, you know, first force for one title, second force for another title. So something else. Just just thought of that then. Quite proud of that. <coughs> um, WWE Championship. So just quickly on this. Um, I don't really see the get the point of it. I mean, for me, this is not a knock on Drew McIntyre. I do like him, but... He's just boring me right now. I think he's very, I think he's very plain as a champion. It's not his fault. I think it's because there's no crowd. So the one good thing I think about this is you can actually control the crowd 
So they will cheer the baby faces and boo the heels. Whereas I think if there's a crowd going right now, I think Orton would probably be getting a lot of cheers. Just, I don't know, that's just me. But look, I do, I do think that I see it as Orton's winning at SummerSlam. If not SummerSlam, the next pay-per-view and gets the title off Drew. He can sort of run around for a bit doing whatever. Edge will come back. This will tee up Randy Orton versus Edge, the third matches for the world title. And then maybe McIntyre can be a heel because I think he's much better as a heel. That sets up a dream match for McIntyre-Edge. Then McIntyre can get the championship back in front of a crowd. Or another thing, is Christian going to come back? Orton's going to be champion. Give Christian a WWE championship run just for a little bit. Drops the title of Orton. Got Orton Edge. But with like McIntyre's reign, like he, he won it. Then beat the Big Show 10 minutes later, even though it was the next night on Raw. But you know, whatever. Still shits me. Irks me. Irks me. Naito! Irks me. Um, but then, you know, he wrestled Rollins. But then that was done. Then he wrestled Lashley, and then that was done. And then they just threw in Ziggler. I honestly think they just threw in Ziggler to not only, I guess, protect Bobby Lashley so he doesn't lose another match, but just to get McIntyre to SummerSlam as champion, but also having the WWE Championship defended. So there's just no... Like, where's, where's the days of, like, the old, you know, five, six-month-long rivalry? For the belt. I mean, Strowman and White are kind of doing that now, even though the championship wasn't defended. But I think they'll go at SummerSlam and maybe beyond. Maybe that's because there's no one really else on SmackDown, I guess. That's like believable as an opponent for Strowman, apart from Baron Corbin. Give Baron Corbin the championship. But yeah, that's just, I don't know, something I was thinking about, you know, just a different opponent every pay per view. Like, what's the. What's the what's the thinking in that? Like, what's the what's the point? Like, build up build up like a good storyline. Like, Ziggler probably should have been the first one McIntyre defended it against, because there's a story built in. Because Ziggler brought McIntyre to Raw, but you know, instead it was Rollins. I didn't have a problem with Rollins, but yeah, that's just me. I'm actually glad that this topic was saved for last. Um, and it's about the, the releases that happened, um, whenever it was, three months ago. So for me, Impact won this week in wrestling, just because of all the releases, just the timing of it. Timing is everything. I guess they, you know, EC3, surely he's there, right? They picked up him, Eric Young, Heath, Slater. You know, who's known as Heath now. You know, the Good Brothers. There's there's five. Like, there's the five. Five great, capable wrestlers that were underutilized. Oh, shit, I just called EC3 great. Fuck. That wasn't meant to happen. Maybe we could edit that out. Shut up! Um, but yeah, there's five great wrestlers underutilized in WWE. We'll get a good run in Impact. Um... Go and listen to Talk and Shop podcast, the Good Brothers, when they talk about like their WWE release and whatnot. It's quite a good listen. I've listened to it twice already. Um, but like, let's just say for argument's sake, Slammiversary was not on, but it was AEW. 
do you really think that the WWE releases would have happened on the same day? Knowing that the 90 days non, no non-complete clause would end midnight of the day that AEW is running a pay-per-view? I don't think so. Like, I guarantee if that pay-per-view was AEW, not Impact, those releases happen two days later or a week later. Maybe that's just what they think of Impact. Like, ah, Impact's nothing. What are they gonna? What are they gonna do? Or they're gonna get you know five those five five guys that you just released. So I'm just I was I was thinking about that. Like, just I thought Slammiversary was a great show. The surprises, the debuts, the guys signing, turning up, whatever. There's no way. There's no way those releases happen the same day if that is an AEW pay-per-view, not Impact. But that's just me. That's what I do on here. And um, that's it. That's time. It's time for me to uh, bid farewell. You know, it's getting a bit, getting a bit crowded here in Fuckville. So... Until next time, uh, stay posted. Keep an eye out on Instagram. Don't forget to follow. You could follow, unfollow, then follow, then unfollow, then follow, but really, what's the point? Anyway, leave that as it is. Um, Say cheers. Click. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.